Hello, I'm Rick Lancaster. Thank you for tuning in. Grab your Bible as we study through God's Word together. It's my hope that as we go through these messages that we will all grow in our understanding of God's Word. As we grow in our understanding, we'll also be better equipped to glorify God, bless others, and grow faith ours and others. If you have any questions about anything in this teaching, send me a message. I would love to connect with you. With that said, let's get into the Word and see what the Spirit would say to us today. All right, let's go ahead and get started. Um, Thumbs up from the back. Okay, we're good to go. Welcome to the Future Today Prophecy Meeting. (laughs) As we continue to look at um, the things that are going on in the world and then looking at scripture and and combining the two and seeing that God told us in advance things are going to happen today so that we can understand them better and um, understand that, you know, that, you know, God's still in control. He's been in control, will always be in control. And so we're going to look at these things. And as we always do, we're going to look at, I'm going to share a little bit and then Randy is going to share and and share some of the things that are going on in the world around us and, and see how some of the things the Bible talks about are happening, or, or at least the, if they're not happening, they're, they're you know, the, the foreshadowing is happening, and so we can see it taking place. So last month I shared about the two-state solution, the suggestion that there is a way to bring peace to the Middle East by dividing Israel into two parts. And we recognize that that will never work um, because God won't let it work. And, um, and so that, that there will be not peace um, in that way. And then recently, David shared a worldview's message about, about peace. And I'm actually going to be continuing that theme of peace in my teaching for today. Um, um, I'm going to take a few minutes and answer the question... Will there be peace in the world before the rapture? No. Okay, Randy, you're up. (laughs) No. Okay. There is a little bit more to it than that. Um, uh, If you have your Bible, turn to 1 Thessalonians 5. 1 Thessalonians 5. Why won't there be peace in the world before the rapture? After all, Billions, tens of billions, hundreds of billions of dollars have been spent and are spent on a regular basis by hundreds of nations around the world for the purpose of bringing peace to the world. You know, and, and I don't think it's, I don't think it's an exaggeration to say we are, we are further away from peace today than we were 200 years ago. And so we're not moving closer to peace right? Would we, would we acknowledge that, that we're not getting any closer to world peace than, than you know, when hundreds of years ago we were, try, we were talking about it and still not there. So why is that? Why is there no peace? And the simple answer, the very simplest of answers is sin. That's why. Um, in Isaiah 48, 22 says this, there is no peace, says the Lord, for the wicked. Is there peace? Can there be peace in the world? The answer is no, and the reason is because the world has wicked people in it. A wicked person 
is someone who rejects God, chooses not to believe in him or rejects him, who rejects his word, that would be that would be a wicked person. Now, you know, we don't, you know, we don't like to label people, you know, but the Bible does, so let's go ahead and just do it. Um, you know, if you reject God, you reject his word, God classifies you, you're either righteous or wicked. And if a righteous person believes God, accepts his word, the wicked do not. And as long as there are wicked in the world, there can be no peace. Because God says it very simply, there is no peace for the wicked. When he says no peace, what do you think he's talking about? No peace. There isn't going to be any peace. They're not going to have peace in themselves. They're, they're not at peace within themselves. And, and, and they're not at peace with God. And, they, and therefore, there can be, they can have no peace outside of themselves. Can, they can't bring peace. You can't bring, you know, two wicked people together and find a way to have peace. It's not possible. Now, they can learn to tolerate one another. They can learn to live in such a way that it, you know, kind of resembles something that resembles peace. But it's not peace. It's just something, a facsimile thereof. If you reject God and his word, there can be no peace. Not at peace through God, with God, through faith in Christ. They can't have peace anywhere else. And as long as there are wicked people in the world, there can be no peace. There can't be peace in the world as long as there are wicked people in the world. And because, because if wicked people are working to make peace, what kind of peace is it? It's a wicked peace. It's an unrighteous peace. It's a, it's a peace that cannot actually be sustained and work. There can be no peace apart from Christ. And if you put the wicked in power, you even have less of a chance for peace. Right? If we had, if we had at least righteous people in power, there may be, there may be some semblance of peace, but not, not when the wicked are in charge. Now, that doesn't mean, and here's the thing we need to understand, doesn't mean that they're not going to try to convince us that there is peace. I don't know if you've been noticing this, but there has been just, I, I've been becoming more sensitive to it maybe, but the, those in power right now are, are, are saying things to convince us that what we know is true is not true. Like, like, like redefining things, like the, the most recent one is, oh, we're in a recession. Oh, no, no, we're not. You know, and they redefine what a recession is tell you, no, a recession is not what we've always believed it is. It is something else. Well, what is it? Well, it's not that. Oh, oh okay. <laughs> and, that's, and that's what we see going on all around us, is they're redefining everything, redefining what it means to be <clears throat> a human. You know, you, know, you know, the big question right now in society is, what is a woman? And, and nobody, well, no, I can say nobody can answer it. I can answer it. Um, my four-year-old grandson can answer it. Um, you know, so it's, it's not that hard. But the culture cannot. And so they're trying to redefine and, and say, and they do the same thing with peace. Oh, oh you, don't, you, don't, you don't know what peace is. This is peace. We're at peace right now. Okay, it doesn't feel like peace. It doesn't feel peaceful. Um, and, and so they're, 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 the people in authority, people in power are trying to convince us that something that we're striving for is actually already exists. We want peace. I mean, everybody wants peace, right? Don't, you, don't we all want peace? Um, God accused the prophets of lying about this very thing. In Ezekiel 13.10, he says, 
because indeed, because they have seduced my people, saying peace when there is no peace. God's accusing the prophets of saying, oh, there's peace. You know, you know don't worry about it. Peace is right there. It's, it's, just, it's just, just a little bit further than, there, there, than there's peace. And God had been warning them, saying, no, there's no peace. Matter of fact, prophets were saying, um, you need to turn from your sin, otherwise God's going to deal with you. God's going God's to do something. And then and the lying prophets are saying, oh no, that's, that's not what's going to happen. God has a different plan. Why were they doing that? They were doing it for their own motivation, for their own benefit. Anyone who tells you that there can be peace without God and without obedience to his word is a life. Flat, simple, you know, unjudgmental. They just are a liar. And either they're lying out of their own ignorance or they're lying deliberately to influence you away from something that is good. There's a similar situation in the, in the New Testament here in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. In 1 Thessalonians 5, right before that is chapter 4. That's what, at least that's the way it falls in my Bible. And at the end of chapter 4, um, uh, the Apostle Paul had been describing to us the, the rapture and what to expect or what to, what to see in the rapture. The, you know, the, the sudden snatching away of the church you know, right before the tribulation period. And then Paul tells his readers, uh, gives us a sense of what the world might be like leading up to it. In, in chapter 5, verse 1, it says this, But concerning the times and seasons, brethren, you have no need that I should write to you. Meaning the idea that the times and seasons leading up to this event called the rapture and then ultimately the tribulation period. You don't need me to tell you. I've already told you. And, and you know, asking questions about what the signs are, you don't need any of that. I've already told you what's going to happen. Verse 2, For you yourselves know perfectly that the day of the Lord so comes as a thief in the night. For when they say peace and safety, then sudden destruction comes upon them as labor pains upon a pregnant woman, and they shall not escape. Even in that time, the, the, you know, in our time, they're, they're going to say, oh, peace. Where peace is right around the corner. If we just do this, you know, if, if you know, we you know, outlaw you know, combustion engines and make you buy electric cars you can't afford either to buy or to recharge, if we do that, then there's going to be peace in the world. Sorry, was that a political? Did I go too political there? Nope. Okay. Um, I mean, things like that, you know, we, you know, the, you know, you know, you know, oh, look, the, pri the gas prices have, have gone down. Uh, yeah, um, they're still twice what they were two years, a year ago. So don't, don't lie to me. Stop lying to me. Sorry, I'm getting all, I'm getting triggered right here. <laughs> the day of the Lord's coming. And, 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 and there will be people that are trying to tell us that, that, that we are, we are approaching peace. We're, we're getting that place where there's going to be peace in the world that where, you know, man will not raise up sword against another man, you know, as wars are raging all around us. You know, and they're saying, oh, no, you know, it, it's, not what, it's, not, it's not what your lying eyes are saying to you. You know, that you know, your eyes are lying to you. Uh, no, I can tell when people are launching missiles at one another, that's, that's <laughs> not peace. Day of the Lord is a time when Jesus comes back and he judges this wicked, God-hating, Christ-rejecting world. <laughs> Gives it what he promised That's right. to give it. Saying 
that if you do not turn from your wicked ways, there is only one other option, and that is judgment. The rapture is the triggering event. You know, leading up to it, we're not going to have we're not going to have banners and you know angels flying through the sky and say, "Oh, here we are, here he's coming, he's coming, he's coming." It's going to be sudden, unexpected. Now, for those of us that wake up every morning and say, uh, "Today would be a good day, Lord," <laughs> it may not be as unexpected for us, but for the world, they're they're not going to know what hit them. When the Old Testament prophets predicted that there would be peace in the world, peace around them, peace in the kingdom, whatever, whatever they were saying, it was for impure motives, either for some sort of personal gain or just to, you know, to be popular, whatever it might be. It's interesting how thousands of years have not changed human nature. Now, verse 3 again, let me read this. For when they say peace and safety, then sudden destruction comes upon them as labor pains upon a pregnant woman, and they shall not escape. Just saying that there's peace doesn't make peace. <laughs> that, you, know, you can say it all day long. You can say, oh, we're going to be safe if we do this. We're going to be safe if we do that. But if it's not what God says, then it cannot lead to peace and safety. It cannot. Even as the world is collapsing around us, people are saying peace and safety. Look, I mean, listen to the way our leadership talks. They would, make, they would want us to believe there is nothing to be worried about. Don't be concerned. We have it all under control as the world burns around us. Kind of like Rome. Kind of like Rome. Now, maybe you're thinking, hey, pastor, that's a little depressing. You know, no peace. There will be no peace. Well, Jesus did warn us about that. In John 16, these things I have spoken to you, that in me you may have peace. In the world you will have peace as long as, you know, the Democrats are in power. No, does not say that. So in the world you will have tribulation. Be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. In Christ we have access to a peace that is beyond understanding. It's beyond this world, beyond anything this world can offer us. And, and its source is God through faith in Christ. In Romans 5, 1 and 2, it says this, Therefore, having been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we also have access by faith into this grace in which we stand and rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. One aspect of the hope of the glory of God is peace, true peace, the absence of all Conflict, the absence of all bad and evil and all that stuff. Pure, perfect peace is accomplished ultimately through the hope that we have in the glory of God, which ultimately will be heaven. That's where our peace is. Now, now we can, we understand that we're not looking for peace in this world. You know, we, we're not looking around and saying, oh, I hope the United Nations gets it right after over 100 years of failing. Maybe they'll get it. Maybe this is the year the United Nations will get it right. Yeah, probably not. I'm not looking for peace in this world. You can't look for peace in this world. Not that kind of peace that, that they are promoting to us because there isn't any to be found. You cannot, you cannot 
have wicked people in power and authority and have peace. It's just not possible. The peace we seek is in Christ. We, we must know that that peace is a peace that comes from within us, from within us because Christ is in us. The Prince of Peace in us brings us to a place of peace. And once we're at peace with God through faith in Jesus Christ, then we can be peacemakers. God even commands us to in 1 Thessalonians 5.13. He tells us first to be at peace with God's people, be at peace among yourselves. As you believers, be at peace. That, that as, as believers, we should always be at peace with one another. There should never be conflict between believers. If there is conflict between believers, because one or both of them are in sin, and they need to repent and get right with God and get right with each other. But other than that, you know, we, there, should, there should be some peace between us. Then with others, Romans 12, 18, if it is possible, as much as depends on you, live peaceably with all men, as much as depends on you, if it is possible, is it possible to be at peace with everyone out in the world? No. Why? Because if they don't believe in God, if they don't trust in his word, if they don't obey his word, it's not possible that, that, that we, might, we might live in a situation where we're not in direct conflict with one another, but there's not true peace. It's not real peace. That comes through God by faith in Jesus Christ and obedience to his word. That's the only way it can come. And so we do, we, we do what we can to be peacemakers, and we do that while we wait for the Prince of Peace to come and to bring true eternal peace not just to our own hearts, but to this world. There is going to be a time where there will be peace on this earth, but it won't be until he comes back and makes it happen. Until then, be at peace. <laughs> Amen. Thank you for listening to this teaching from God's Word. It's one of my core beliefs that the Bible or Word of God has the power to transform our lives. It's my hope that these messages will help you to do just that and to glorify God and bless others and grow faith. If there's anything that we can do to help you with that, don't hesitate to connect with me. You'll find ways to do that in the show notes. In the show notes, you'll also find links to my sermon notes and other resources to help you in your study of God's Word. Sometimes we do need help to grow in our faith. If there's anything that I can do, don't hesitate to connect with me. I love talking to God's people about God and his word. So send me your questions and I'll do my best to answer them. This message was shared at Calvary Chapel French Valley in Murrieta, California. If you'd like more information about the church, go to calvaryfv.com. The link is in the show notes. Until next time, Stay in the Word and have a radical week with Jesus.